from First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. They've got 12,000 people in their That's congregation. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> okay, amazing. It, gets, it gets more amazing than that. He's also the host of Pathway to Victory, which is a television show that's seen on uh, 1,200 TV stations across. Uh, it's just amazing. 1,200 TV stations. That's, Isn't that amazing? Here, <laughs> here's the other thing. head around that. He was also invited to preach at St. John's Episcopal, Episcopal Church in Washington, D.C. on inauguration morning for President Donald Trump. That is awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And I was there, actually, uh, uh, at the inauguration. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that, <laughs> how, how <laughs> we neat is probably this? didn't pass. Uh, we may we not had have, different seats. There were a lot of people I there. No, we had different <laughs> seats. <laughs> Pastor Jeffers, thanks for joining us. So it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. So on this 4th of July, we're asking people throughout the whole show, what is it that you think makes America great? Well, I think very simply it's the fact that America was founded as a Christian nation. And I know that it's politically incorrect to say, but it's historically true. I mean, our nation's forefathers, although not exclusively, were mainly Christians who believed God's word, and they founded this country on a love for God and a reverence for his word. And, you know, I personally believe that God is not a respecter of any person or any nation, for that matter. I mean, God doesn't salute when he sees the American flag. He doesn't feel goosebumps when he hears the star-spangled mm-hmm. banner. But what God says is, uh, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Any nation that reverences God will be blessed by God. And any nation that rejects God will be judged by God. And I believe at least for the first 160 years of our nation's history, we enjoyed God's blessing because we were an unapologetically Christian nation. That doesn't mean everybody was a Christian, but it means we respected God's laws and tried to adhere to it. And I think we've seen a departure from that in the last 50 years, and I believe we're experiencing in many ways God's judgment because of it. One of the things we say at Conservative Ground all the time uh, is that the greatness of America comes from the greatness that's within each individual. And as the Declaration of Independence says, we were created by the Creator. We were created in God's image, which means there must be greatness within us, and that's where the greatness of America comes from. And I think you're kind of saying something similar, that our greatness comes from that blessing from God. Well, and we talk about our Declaration of Independence, and that's certainly true, our Declaration of Independence from Great Britain, but we also have a Declaration of Dependence upon God, and to the extent that we adhere to that dependence upon God, we will be blessed by God. But if we ever sever that relationship with God, we're going to continue to drift as a nation and experience the fallout from refusing to acknowledge the one true God. You know, Pastor, as grown-ups, and I totally agree with you, but as grown-ups, we understand uh, those principles. Uh, As a child growing up, you know, do you remember um, how old you were or, or, you know, when you came to the realization that, you know, this country is something special. It's something different. It's something worth protecting. I don't think you can ever really appreciate the greatness of America until you leave America for a while and compare it to what else is out there. And, you know, as a child and teenager, I traveled with my family. We did some international travel. But I think the real realization of how special America is actually came in my early 20s. 
I was youth director at the church that I now pastor, First Baptist Church Dallas. We took 200 teenagers in the summer of 1978 to the Soviet Union. And let me tell you, the wow. Soviet Union at that time was a lot different than it is even today. And I remember the oppressiveness we felt in the Soviet Union. I remember participating in a church uh, service in Moscow, and in the middle of the service, the KGB came in, stopped the service, put us on our buses, and sent us back to the hotel. It was an oppressive two weeks we spent there. And I will never forget this. We got on the plane, we came back to America, and when our plane hit the ground at Kennedy Airport in New York, 200 teenagers on that airplane spontaneously started singing out, God bless America. And that was a realization on my part of how tremendously different America is and how blessed we are to live in a nation like this. Wow, what an opportunity to go to Moscow in 1978, when back before Reagan. We're talking Jimmy Carter time, right? Yeah. And it was only two years after that that Jimmy Carter boycotted the Russian Olympics. Right. So this is really the height of the, of the Cold War here when you're going through that. Absolutely. And again, you really don't appreciate your freedom until you lose it at least temporarily. I mean, we were very, very restrained in what we could say and what we could do. And, you know, teenagers tend to be pretty cynical. But when those teenagers saw that and came back to the land of the free and the home of the brave, it was a real realization for them as well as me, their leader. That's an interesting point because you, you got to take these teenagers over to communists, Soviet Union and the height of the Cold War, and they got to see the stark difference between that model of living and the model of life that we have here in, in the U.S. How do you get that same type of appreciation for what America is to where teenagers, when, when they step outside, will have God bless America going through their hearts? How, how do you get that done without being able to, to take them on field trips to Caracas or to Cuba? Well, I think the difference is uh, it makes today our teenagers are so um, socially connected through social media and they have an access to information that perhaps teenagers uh, back in 1978 didn't have. They had to engage in foreign travel to be able to really see what's going around the world. I think today uh, teenagers can plug in to that through social media. But look, I think we need to continually talk about the unique blessings of God upon this nation but not because this is America, but because America has chosen to reverence God. And our continued greatness as a country is dependent on whether or not we're going to repent as a nation, acknowledge the ways we have drifted from God, and turn back to God. And, you know, the promise of Second Chronicles 7, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. You know, that's a conditional promise. Unfortunately, the track record for nations doing that has not been good. Even Israel, to whom God made that promise, although they temporarily turned back to God, they finally slid away from God. And, uh, and I think we're in danger of doing that as well. So I think those of us who are preachers of God's Word, as well as Christians today, need to sound the alarm that what is needed most in our nation is a turning back to God. Pastor, you obviously are unabashedly patriotic and are unafraid as a pastor to talk about 
the love of our country and those principles that made it great. What do you feel that many others in the ministry are afraid of with respect to speaking about those principles in our Declaration of Independence? Because many simply stay away from it altogether because they feel that it's political or that they yeah. may offend some member of their congregation. What's your, what's your philosophy on that? Well, I think, first of all, those of us who are preachers of God's Word, we have to separate purely partisan politics from moral and spiritual issues. You know, when I preach about the sanctity of marriage, the sanctity of life, religious liberty, some people accuse me of being political. Well, maybe that's political, but it's also spiritual, it's biblical, it's values that the Bible upholds. And as a minister of the gospel, my job is to preach the whole counsel of God, whether it's politically correct or not. And I do think there are some pastors that are fearful of doing that, fearful that it might offend people, that it might hurt the growth of their church. But, you know, as a pastor, I understand that ultimately I'm accountable to God. And one day I'm going to answer to him for whether I've been faithful to preach mm-hmm. the truth of God's Word. Mm-hmm. Pastor Robert Jeffers, thank you so much for being with us here on this 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Well, coming up next, the head, the former head of Walt Disney World Resorts, Lee Cockrell, will be here with us. That is... uh you know, is it more American than than? Can you do that? No, can you get more American. You than cannot Walt get World? more American than Walt Disney oh World, and uh, he certainly has uh, has lived uh, that life. And, and by the way, to reinforce what some of the pastor was saying, this country was founded by strong voices out of the pulpit, up and down the thirteen original colonies. We talk about all the time at conservativeground.org. Uh, we've got uh, the, those those quote cards mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the kids on there, and it talks about that religious founding. So he's absolutely correct, and it's great to have that reminder here on the Fourth of July. He was awesome. It's just one of the reasons of what makes America great right here on News Radio 710 Kiel.